What's up, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show, where we're redefining what it means to be spiritual in the modern world. I'm your host, Sade Simone. I'm a mystic and artist, transformational speaker, author, and the creator of the Somatic Activated Healing Method. And I'm so excited you're here. And I'm so grateful you're here, my honey bunny, my sweetie pie. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And listen, my love, if you love the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us keep the momentum of the Spiritually Sassy Show going far and wide, okay? So if you love it, share it with a friend. And of course, you know, do all the things, rate, review, and subscribe. And I thank you so much. And listen, my loves, today's episode is, I mean, you kind of hear me say this about every episode. And today's the first episode where I have someone who is actively bridging the world of the living and the, and the dead, bridging the world of the seen and the unseen. And I, I was like so moved by this podcast. You know, this incredible guest like brought me to tears, brought a message from the unseen world, from the, the world of the dead to me. And it was, so you have to listen all the way through the very end because it's in the very end where, where they deliver this like profound message um, from my mom from my mom to me. And I mean, honey, just get into this, get into this episode. But before we get into it, let me give you a a brief intro on this legendary guest, Ash Canty. Ash is a wonderfully queer Afro-Indigenous made psychic medium and death walker. I mean, honey, they support others in consciously and gracefully facing their death both for those actively dying and for those wanting to feel more connection to their own spirit in their everyday lives. My love, you're in for a treat. I love you, mean it. Okay, so y'all know that so many things give me a fucking eye roll. Oh my God. And then I'm listening to this podcast that I'm, it was like part research, part of like, hmm, what is going on here? I see this person's photo on the podcast. I'm like, ooh, there, look, what's going on here? And then I get to listen to Ash Canty. And I was like, excuse me, who are you? Where have you been? Please, God, can we connect? Can you come on my show, you know? So welcome, Ash Canty, to the show. It's truly uh, like I am gagged. It's an honor. Mm. Thank you so much, Sa. I just am like jumping out of my skin to be here and yeah, to be in conversation with you today. It's just, I I feel so honored. Oh, thank you, my darling. And like I said to your message is big. So get fucking ready because it's (laughs) like you need to be on the microphone 24 seven. Actually, no, let's not be capitalistic bitch about this shit. Like for like one to two hours a day, maybe three to four hours a day, if that's what it takes, four days a week. You know, I have my team now working only four days a week because I, I read the study that in the UK, they're doing four four day um, work weeks and how beneficial that is for, of course, all the things and how, um, and especially for the work that we do, we're out here trying to trying to save lives, you know? But anyway, so just get ready, Connie, because your message is big. It needs to be heard and it will be heard. So let's talk about you because I'm like gagging that you exist and you are so eloquent and poetic and 
and you just, it, I'm, I don't even know what to say besides like, wow. So thank you. So let's, let's go into the main thing that I was so drawn to you. Mm-hmm. What do you do as a death walker mm-hmm. and what the fuck is a death walker? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for your passion, your exuberance. Out, like, honey. yes, I feel so lit up <laughs> by you. Um, and yeah, your aliveness is just like here. So I just want to acknowledge that, that I'm with you in that. And yeah, uh, a death walker, you know, funny, like words are so funny. And I find the more that I do this work that I do, it's hard to even put things into words. Um, And when I first started doing this work of death walking, I was really doing it with myself first. Um, I was walking myself to my own death um, through severe chronic illness. And so that term came to me as a way of ushering people into their own death process um, and whatever that looks like for them, not what we've been given, you know, and society is like, this is how you die, or this is how we don't even recognize death. Um, it was confounding to me. And I realized when I was on the verge of death and my body was breaking down, everyone disappeared. Nobody knew what to do with me. And no one wanted to confront me because they felt their own death. They felt their own dying process. And I thought, no, this is not the way. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think this is the way. I think there's another way here. And I began to tap into that place of what it is to die and what it is to die in a way that we can be held by each other. And more than that, we can be held by the more than human world at the same time. Because it happens to all of us. Um, it's not like we're like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm going to skip that. No, like <laughs> it's, it, it's happened for all of us. Right. And we don't have, you to- go to that party. <laughs> I'm going to pass. You go to that party. I'm not going there. I'm good. I got the invite, <laughs> but I'm going to pass. Okay. Yeah. It's not like that. Right. We all get the invites and they don't go away. <laughs> we got to open them. And someday we don't know when, but someday those invites will open. Right. So it was really about getting real with death and, then guiding others in that process was part of my own awakening in the near-death experience I had. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so you spoke about this profound dream, and I believe your grandmother gave you the, the code, the key, right? Am I paraphrasing yes. it all fucked up? No, or, you got it. No. Okay, good, good, good. I'm like, I, I have a good memory, you know? I think I do shit, you know? I'm sober six fucking years. Yes. about to be like, you better have fucking rejuvenated your brain, you know? So talk to us about that dream and then walk us through the, those moments where you went into that paralysis and the the sound muffled uh. and your partner was in the room and like, give us like, paint us that poetic, like hypnotic, trance-like vocabulary that you have to walk us to that place you know and i'm i'm already feeling like i'm getting emotional so hold me there sis yeah (sighs) yeah so yeah i want to preface this by saying like these things are deep and they bring up so much you know even as i'm speaking it's not about the words there's energy moving right there's things coming to the surface so just allowing everyone listening to be like, okay, something is happening here, right? And being with your body in that, in this moment. Um, For me, the story is a funny one. It started in 2020. And 
I started to get so many diagnoses of mysterious illnesses, one after another, after another, after another. And my body began to get sicker and sicker and sicker out of nowhere, just nowhere. And I remember um, really being to the point where I could no longer walk without being out of breath. I could no longer stand. Um, I couldn't eat. Uh, I couldn't retain fluids, nothing. And I was on the verge of passing out 24 hours a day. And I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. My human experience of that was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm not okay. And I felt myself really fighting internally because there was this pressure to be a well human, a healthy human, a healed human. And I was in a state of total unraveling. Um, I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't stand in the shower by myself. All these things that I took for granted certainly were just ripped from me. And I was a mess. You know, I got into a very big depression and I spiraled. And at the same time, this is 2020, y'all, right? With like same time as 2020, going into the houses, same time as the wildfires from climate collapse, all of it was coming in at the same time. And so the isolation of being in this space was so visceral for me. And as I got sicker and sicker, and as doctors just didn't have an answer for me, they said, oh, anxiety, oh, go meditate, oh, go drink a milkshake, oh, go do this, oh, stand on your head. I was like, you don't, you don't know me because I've been doing this for like 25 years, those things. So it's something else, right? And the system is just not set up for something else. And so I found myself having to go be with myself in a radical way. And oddly enough, in that time when I was sick, nauseous, uh, I had blood coming out of my body that shouldn't have been coming out of my body. I had a bloating that was out to here. It looked like I was six months pregnant. Um, in that time, I actually did my deepest shadow work. I actually went into a little tent outside. <laughs> my partner was like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, I am being called. I've got to go into this tent and I've got to shed some shit because there is stuff here that is making me sick and it is not mine. And I could feel these like demons, right? And I say demons in the sense of not like, ah, scary demons, but demons in the sense of energy that have been passed on from my lineage, from my father, from my mother, from their father, their mother, just all over my body. And I could feel rage and anger that I didn't even understand. I didn't understand. So as I'm going through this process, I'm starting to sort out all of these things and forgive myself. I'm starting to forgive my dad. I'm starting to forgive my mother, right? And as this is happening, I then get rapidly more sick, which is very interesting. The opposite didn't happen at first. I got even more sick to the point where one night as I was in bed, I'd been used to watching Netflix like it was my job. And I remember watching a movie and I was just like, oh, I just got to numb out because I can't deal with this body right now. Right? It's too much going on. And I'm watching this movie and all of a sudden I was doing nothing. I wasn't trying to elevate. I wasn't trying to awaken. I was watching like a kid's movie <laughs> to try to lift my spirits. And as I'm watching this movie, all of a sudden 
I hear the sound in my ear and then the sound starts to go away and it starts to warble. And my partner is talking to me, like going on about something mundane and her voice starts leaving my body is the best way I can describe it. And I was like, I can't, I can't hear. I, I can't, what is it? Oh my God. And then as soon as I had that, my whole body started to lift and also fall at the same time. And I now know that my spirit was starting to separate from my body. And at that moment, my heart rate shot up and we put like an oximeter on my finger. My partner like immediately knew what to do. She put it on my finger and my heart rate was like 165. And I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't talk. I could feel, you know, anyone who's had a heart attack or heart attack like symptoms, you feel your heart in your throat and it gets really tight. And so I just looked at my partner and I wasn't able to say anything. And I looked at her eyes and I'll never forget the look of her eyes. She was just terrified. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. And there's nothing I can do. And all I remember doing in that moment as my sound went completely, as my heart rate went up, as my body just trembled, I just laid on the floor and I started to breathe. And I just said, just one more breath, just one more breath, just one more breath. And that's the only thing I remember doing. And that night as I came down, I couldn't get out of bed. We had to go to the emergency room, but we had to wait till I was stable enough to walk. So I laid in bed all night, not knowing if I would wake up again. I was so afraid to go to sleep after that. So as I went to bed, I said, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I love you. I said to my partner, I'm just going to go to bed. We'll just see what happens. I'm just going to trust this process. I closed my eyes. And I had this dream. And in this dream, I woke up in the dream and I looked around and I was in this desert, just this big desert with this black sky above me and all of these stars. And I remember being like, wow, like what is this place? <laughs> like it felt so real. And I was walking around and all of a sudden I heard these voices and they said, hey, over here. And I looked and there were all of my ancestors, ones I had never known. And they were digging in the sand and they said, come dig with us, come dig. And I said, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> digging in the sand, I'm digging in the sand. And as we dig, we were bringing up these glass bottles full of light. They were like swirling colors and just putting them to the side and digging them up and putting them to the side and digging them up. And they said, we're preparing because she's coming. She's coming. I said, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Who's coming? And they said, look. And as I looked, I saw the sky start to open and I didn't see anything, but I felt this presence starting to come to me. And as this presence got closer to me, it was my grandmother. And she gave me a hug and I just wept. And I hadn't seen my grandmother for like 12, 
13 years at that moment. And I was like, Grandma, oh my gosh. She says, I love you. I had to say goodbye. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to help people cross over. And I said, huh? Uh, I don't, I don't even know what that means, but I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Like, (laughs) and I held her and I kissed her and I woke up from that dream. And about 24 hours later, I got a phone call, my dad calling me and he said, I just want to let you know last night, your grandmother, she passed away. And I just shook. I just shook. And I knew that that was her way of saying goodbye. And that was her way of then initiating me into what I would do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I can hear you tell the story over and over again. It never gets old, you know, because I visualize that desert and digging up these light canter bulbs and looking up to the sky. And I and I remember you also sharing that it was like a specific place that later you Googled and it was just like, what the fuck? This place exists. It's somewhere in like West Africa or East Africa. I don't know. But like, wow, Ash, what a like hypnotic experience, right? So then, okay, so yeah. you... Wake up out of this dream. What happened to the physical ailments? What happens to the body? What happened to the mind? Like how, how did you start to pick yourself back up to then step, step into the step into the role of something that we don't have enough of death walkers, death doulas, uh, uh, truth tellers. They're actually not only saying, manifest your dream reality, live your most happy life. And I'm just over here like holding back my vomit. Like literally, we don't have enough truth tellers who are actually like uh, bringing us to, and and don't get me wrong, y'all, manifest your fucking dream life, live a meaningful life and all things. However, a lot of the things that people are doing, it's, it's it's a capitalistic approach to to magic we're manipulating circumstances we're manipulating people we're manipulating resources to try to achieve a very specific goal and unless we have that goal we are not happy now what you're doing what i'm doing we're we're supporting people to create miracles by inviting people to live with the unknown right something that's way bigger with no manipulation it's a place of rest it's a place of surrender it's a place of openness it's a place of like you know let god take the wheel you know like okay what's the tea honey lead right so you woke up from that dream the next morning like because as as far as we're clocking you are profoundly ill your body has collapsed you had this this prophetic dream the next day you're like you look at your partner in bed and i'm like i know what the fuck i'm doing let's go you know it's it wasn't like that per se or maybe it was and then next thing you know we're just like we're just letting people know on an instagram live i'm a death walker bitch who's dying who needs help you know it's not like that but like tell us how that process happened because You're not saying like, I'm a life coach or I am a spiritual teacher. You're like, you're going to the furthest edge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're like, I'm helping people walk 
to the end of this human incarnation. And yeah. And again, I feel like really am like, whew. so talk yeah. to us about what happened. Yeah. Like, how did you then pick yourself back up and start this process? Yeah. Thank you so much. Am I making sense? Yes, complete. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm, my spirit's speaking right to you. You know, at the same time you're talking, my spirit's like, dee, dee, dee. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> okay. there's so much communication happening on so many levels right now. Right. And um, I, yeah, thank you for your questions. Um, I think there's this misconception, right? That we wake up and I'm like, yeah, now I know I'm on fire. All my illness just falls away. I'm good. Here I go. It was not like that for me. It was not like that. I woke up and immediately following that. And again, this speaks to all the things of the unknown. We don't know so much, right? And it's okay. And there's a lot of things interconnected at the same time. So I woke up, I was in severe illness. I had a, a port in my chest, which is what the scar is. It goes into my heart and pumps IV fluid into my body. I had a port in my arm. I had an IV pole I was attached to 24 hours a day, right? So when I wake up, those are still there. I'm seeing the drip. I'm, I'm giving myself infusions. The nurse is coming to take care of me. This whole thing is happening, right? So I want to preface that in case people are like, oh, miraculously this happened. No, it was not like that. As I woke up, I had this new sense of feeling though. And I could hear my grandmother in a different way. And I began talking to her and I could feel her presence right here, like, like you and I right now. And that was different. And and what was different about that also was that I wasn't questioning a damn thing anymore. I was always questioning before. In that moment, no questions. And I had, you know, my partner was like, what is going on? Like, I had people questioning me. I didn't give a shit anymore. I did not care. I was connected with her and I was listening to her guidance. And that was all that I was focused on. So in that way, I was surrendering to the unknown. I didn't know what she meant. I didn't know what she had shown me. Like all the pieces weren't there, much like a psychedelic trip. It takes time to integrate. What is happening? What was that thing that I saw? What was that thing that I heard, right? So all of that was still there. And then in the next day, I get a call that my father, who uh, is a recovering alcoholic and was alcoholic at the time, was now on his death's door and was rushed into the emergency room and was bleeding out and has lost most of the leaders in his blood. And I might have to say goodbye to him at the same time, Saw. So this is what I'm saying is that there are things and, and people that we are connected to and we don't know why or we don't know how, but there are threads that are like being worked out, right? My grandmother dies. My father then almost dies. Then I almost die. We are connected in this bond that is very interesting, right? And my soul wanted to go. My soul was like, I think I'm done. Grandma's there? Oh, great. <laughs> Here I go, right? Peace. I'm good. <laughs> and my grandmother was like, hey, get back in. You got work to do before you come with me, okay? And I was like, oh, the grief of that, right? But also then my father, he could feel us leaving and he was about to leave, so there, there's something really big to that, right? So at the same time, I was trying to heal. My father's in the hospital. The doctor's calling me to say goodbye to him. And I'm like, okay, 
I accept this death. Okay, I accept this death. Okay, I am present with all that is here right now. I can be with this. I can be with this now in a way I have never been, right? So those situations started to wake me up big time. And I remember the, the phone call to my father. He was on a ventilator. And when you're on a ventilator, that's not good. Typically, there's not a lot of good things that happen after that, right? The, the statistics around that scientifically. So he held me up, they held me up and, I, and I sold him. I said, Dad, I just love you. I love you so much. And before that, we had had a lot of stuff between us because of his alcoholism. And I just realized, holy shit, it is love. It is love that is here. At the end, it is love and it's undescribable. And I love you. I love your spirit and the path that you're on, whatever. I got it. We're all on something, but I love you. And I see you now. I see you. And I can be at peace with that and letting him go, right? So from that moment... And he's alive and well, I have to say. He survived that. He came back out of that. He had a near-death experience. He died clinically and came back. And he was never the same. He's not the same now. And so did I at the same time. And so from that experience, I started to get these intuitions, these whispers, right? Some people are like, well, I need a knock over my head. The knock over my head was my illness. (laughs) I got it. Got the message. (laughs) And now I needed to be open and listen, right? And my grandmother said, here's the thing. From this moment, what you're going to do is you don't need the IVs anymore. You're not going to need them. And up until this moment, I had needed them every day. Every day to be regular, to stand up, to do normal things, to be regular. She said, you're going to continue to go into this mediumship work And you're going to take classes and learn and hone your skill, your gift. And the more that you do that, the more that you will heal. And I said, "Mm." and I told my medical team and they said, no, absolutely not. We've seen you at your worst. You do not look well. You lost 90 pounds. Like you look, this is not good. I don't think this is what we would prescribe. And I said, thank you. I'm going to do something else. Because I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of that. What I'm afraid of is not living my life and not being of service here. And so I didn't tell my doctor and I started to taper off my treatments. Again, my grandmother was guiding the process. She said, you know, a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. And I started to feel better. And I started to feel my gifts and I started to feel my life force return. My, my eyes, my partner was like, your eyes are brighter again. Your, your skin is glowing again. What is going on? And I said, I know, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to follow it. And it was around that time that I started eating really clean. You know, my grandmother was like, you have to eat just this. You have to drink just this. And I said, okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I began to do that. And again, dive deeper into my gifts. And that's when I went into the death work and the mediumship work. I had no idea what I was doing. I took a course with Elua Arthur, one of my greatest teachers, and she guided me into the death process. And then I started to hear the spirits come through as I was in that process. And I thought, oh shit, (laughs) 
I got deaf people coming in. Like I gotta be, I gotta like honor them. And like, I gotta speak for them because they want to come through for people. What do I do with this? Right? So it was not linear. It was not linear, but I just listened Mm -hmm. and I trusted the cross. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's really beautiful to, you know, I just want to reflect something. It's like, it's, this is not always the case, but it's often the case. Those who have walked through the Valley of Shadows are the most uh, prolific light workers. Because you, unless you have the 2020 vision, when all light has gone out, when you are in the Valley of Shadows, when you are in the Cave of Despair, and you're still able to see, and you're still able to, you know, um, get up and just like you still have some degree of balance you know although you don't know where the ceiling is and where the walls are you could still have a sense of centeredness in the depth of of uh, of the cave of despair those are the ones in my view who become the super hyper qualified Mm -hmm. by the universe those are the ones who have the phd in Mm -hmm. In healing, the PhD in death walking, the PhD in mediumship, you know. Um, So I just want to celebrate that and name that and bring that into the conversation too, because um, it's one thing to read a book. It's one thing to visualize. Um, It's another thing to really bring your nervous system and your soma, a somatic gnosis of what it's like to to go to that place and experience that place for, for more than a couple moments, yeah. but to truly like be in it yeah. and be in it. And, and as much as we want to run away yes. from it and you even said it, I was like, peace, I'm out. I don't need that. But grandma's like, no, honey, get back into that fucking body. You got work to do. And you came and it wasn't that after you came, it was like suicidal. You weren't suicidal. You were alive. That dream was a life affirming dream. You know, it wasn't like, okay, cool. I came back. I don't want to be here. I'm so out of it. So anyways, I just want to bring that into the mix because I feel like it's important to name it that like when we are working with addiction and and mental health disorders, yeah. you know, I, I find myself, you know, the work and I hear back from people like, wow, you're really helping me. The only reason why I can help you is because I've helped myself. Yes. The only reason I can show up for you in your addiction and your suicidal ideation in the, in the peak of your anxiety yes. is because I've been yes. there. And from my young age, yes. and I've been picking myself back up and I've been fucking, yeah. you know, pulling myself back together. So yes. all that to say, now let's talk about the the work as a medium. Yeah. Like, can you share with us an experience and what can people expect from that? And I have a story to tell too, yeah. um, but I, you know, this is your time. This show is about you. So talk to <laughs> us about what that process stuff. is like. And then let's talk about what the, what the death walking yeah. process is like, you know, I'm like, yes. I mean, my story is like, you know, it's like, um, I, I cause you, you were the person I wish I had uh. during the time. And because I, I didn't have it. You know, my story is, it's more tragic and, and um, it's not more tragic. I'm not, it's not contrasting to anything or comparison. It's just, it's just really painful, you know, seeing my mother, how she died and, and then having the nurses and the doctors like really like have no care for my well-being, my family's well-being, no care for my 
pain yes. whatsoever, yes. you know, and I had to be my own death walker yes. and, and I had to like advocate for, for this body and that body that was like dying, you know, yeah. and I had to like advocate for the rituals that had to take place yeah. as my mother is dying, yeah. you know? Uh, so it, it's, it's, um, yeah. it's really insane yeah. what, what happened. It's capital T trauma. You know, yeah. my therapist says, we're not pathologizing anything you, you go through, for as long as you are, um, yes. as long as you feel, you know, stable. However, what you went through is capital T trauma. No wonder why you're looping sometimes. No wonder why you have no will to live because it was so. Yeah. 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 It was just, yeah. you know, the fucking shit. So yeah. that's why I was so excited to have you on the show yeah. to just like, you know, your presence, your voice, it's just the, the grace that oozes out of you. So let's talk about the mediumship yeah. work first. And then yes. let's talk about um, that work of like bedside care yeah. that you can offer people. Yeah. Oh, Sa, I just want to hug you, first of all, and just thank you for <sighs> like the grief is alive in you. It's like very at the surface. And then just want to thank you for just sharing that. And I, I want to get to that, too, because it yeah feels important. Um and yeah, just honoring your mom and presencing her here, you know. Um, yeah, you know, this work is dynamic and tender in the way of, you know, when I first got into mediumship, and again, I'm going to be real honest and say that I didn't want to do it. <laughs> it was not something I necessarily wanted to do. I felt sort of like pushed and I still feel that way every time. And it's very strange because I don't hear anyone who also is a medium talking about these things, but it's terrifying. It's like, it's like walking a tightrope every single time into the unknown and just going, okay, I will take all of my clothes off and I will be on this tightrope and I will be in the void of darkness and we'll see what's here. And every time it's terrifying. So I just want to, I want to say that and be really honest with that, right? With this gift also comes the holding of it and the call and the ask, um, and to constantly putting it out there, right? Like I want to be like, part of me is like, I want to be in a cabin with my little, uh, sheep and the goats. And I just want to like make, you know, a little homestead. I just want to like tuck away. Right. <laughs> And the spirits are like, no, <laughs> you need to bring this forward. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, um, I'm sure folks can relate. So in that way, when I was initiated, I began to open my gifts and learn a lot how they work. Um, at first, they were I was feeling everything. I was feeling spirits. I was feeling animal spirits, plant spirits, you name it. And the sensitivity was so high. Um, and, and it was overwhelming, you know, and I learned boundaries. I learned how to hone the energy. I learned the difference between mediumship and psychic level and different dimensions of energy. And uh, also the spirits have taught me how to be with them. So when I was in session, my grandmother and my grandfather, who are in spirit, would both teach me how to know that they're there and how to know that something else is there. And so it was an education of a lifetime, right? We don't get taught these things in school. So I was really learning how the other side works and how they use my body. So in a reading, um, 
what I do is I just start to open up to someone's field, right? We all have a psychic field. We all have energy around us. We can feel when someone's in pain. We can feel when someone's angry, even if they're not saying it. Like a lot of us who have sensitivity, we can just pick up on that, right? And that's because we have those psychic feelers. So that's the starting point. I start to feel into the psychic field And then usually, to be honest, 24 hours before I read someone, uh, the animals show me who's here. So I tend to see birds I've never seen before. I tend to see like animals coming to my window. I have windows all in my house for that reason, so that the creatures can come uh, and give me their messages. And usually the, the birds or the creatures are in connection with the spirit. And so I know that uh, I'll bring that up in the reading. So that's been happening a lot, right? And then I also will then get a sense of a spirit, a being with me. Um, I don't always know who it is. I just know, oh, there's a mother with me. There's a father. There's a son. There's a child. There's a lover. There's a partner. Um, And that's all I know. And they're kind of in my space. I let them be in my space. And then I start to feel into the spirit, uh, who they were, their personality. Um, Sometimes they give me all of these things beforehand that they want me to start uh, tuning into their frequency. And then the person comes and they show up and they're usually very nervous and like, I don't know what's going to happen. And they're just open. And those are the best readings when someone's like, okay, like, I don't know. I have no expectations, but I'm really open, but there is someone I want to hear from. And then honestly, now it's very quick. I just say, you know, there's someone here. This is how they're presenting themselves. And then I ask for the spirit's validation. So how they looked, maybe how they laughed. Uh, I start doing their mannerisms because they manipulate my energy in my body and make it so that the person cannot just know, but feel them. They, they, they like, they did that. They used to move that way or talk that way or do that with your eye or make that kind of joke. Right. And sometimes I'll get a name, sometimes just a letter. Um, they'll tell me what the person who is still living their thoughts, their feelings, their innermost things. They, they don't tell anyone, um, their emotions, Um, these readings can be very emotional. They always are, tend to be a lot of different emotions, joy and grief and connection back to the universe, back to their own spirit of what's true. Um, and so, yeah, this, this, it's like a wonderful dance. I think of it as I am the translator and I'm doing charades in the dark and I never know what I'm saying, why I'm saying it. And then the person's like, Oh my gosh, you know, they said that exact word. I remember one time I had someone um, connecting with their father and their father came through and they said, I love you so much, kid. And I don't know why I said that. And they just started bawling. And they said, they said that to me every night before bed. They said that every night to me before bed. That's crazy. Right? So I ask for things that that are just ungoogleable that people don't know that spirits bring through. And it's remarkable. Like I'm just a shock. So I, like I'm just a shocked. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Cause I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. here to be the translator. 
and and then the person walks away with mm-hmm. their grief being a little bit lifted and they can understand what else is also happening and then the connection that they have with this being in a different form now and how they start to build a new relationship with this mm-hmm. form yeah that's a little bit about it <laughs> mm-hmm. wow Oh, my God. And it's so deep and juicy and amazing. I'm just so happy to bring this conversation to to the to the community, to the spiritually sassy community. You know, my experience I had with the medium, yeah. like maybe three, four weeks after my mom died, first of all, she was like, um, they, they said that it's not good to reach out to a spirit right after, like within a couple of weeks or a month after they've passed, mm-hmm. because it could kind of pull them back and turn them into some sort of like, hungry ghosts where they're here and they become these like parasitic entities like mm-hmm. latching on to people it's all open to interpretation yeah. right i think we yeah. can kind of like invite that into the space and think about it you know yeah. um yeah. and then mm. something wild happened in the reading tired of sleepwalking through life on autopilot and ready to step into a fully expressed authentic joyful life Seeking a simple yet effective way to build a healthy spiritual routine that supports you on your own terms? The Awakening Membership makes resources to develop or deepen your spiritual practice portable, affordable, efficient, and fun. Join now for immediate access to SA's most profound spiritual practices, including guided meditations, transformative coursework, insightful masterclasses, inspiring spiritual talks, monthly live Dharma workshops with SA, weekly email inspiration, and more. The Awakening can be easily accessed on your desktop or our handy mobile app, so you'll always have the spiritual support you need when you need it. Ready to release your limiting beliefs, harmful mental conditioning, unhealthy habits, and those pesky personal demons once and for all? Join the awakening today via the link in the show notes. Use the code SSS for 10% off as an exclusive Spiritually Sassy Show discount. And then something wild happened in the reading. First, I was... You know, my hair is growing out and I was like, I looked in the mirror. I was like, wow, the one person who would give me like, a, this is a, like right before I went into the session, I said, the one person who would give me like really clear feedback if my, if, if I should keep the hair the way it's going, or I should do something different would be my mom. <laughs> Everyone else is kind of like, it looks good or do whatever <laughs> you want. My mom is like, no. That is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's always right. You know, she always knew ahead of time, like, yep. So then I'm in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I really wish. This is like literally me, me getting ready to sit in front of a computer to talk to this medium. Yeah. I think the medium is in like um, um, like the Northeast. So yeah. like, I forgot the state over there. Anyway, yeah. somewhere there. Um and and then I, I I say about this comment about the hair, and then I sit in front of the mirror, the the, the medium, and and then the person is saying something like, the person that's coming in is saying that she really likes your hair the way it is, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Like immediately, like kneel the hair comment, and like I was like, okay, so but I'm trying to keep it together because I'm not trying to like feed the medium. To let the medium know, yeah. okay, you're in the right path, yeah. Yeah. or like, I'm just kind of trying to be like neutral because, like, I'm so emotive and I'm yeah. so like Expressive. affirmative, yeah. and I try to always celebrate people. Yeah. 
But for this, I was like, you know, I'm just like yeah. hesitant. I'm like, let's see what the tea is. <laughs> yes, good, good. And then I had just gotten, for those of you who know, I have just gotten my mom's tattooed oh. in my neck, mm-hmm. you know. And it was literally the day before I had it. But I'm in a session and I'm wearing a shirt that you can't see. Yeah. Uh, the tattooed name of my mom's yeah. uh, my mom's name in my neck. You can't see it through the thing. But she's telling me, she's like, she's telling me, the medium is saying this, she's telling me that there's something over in this like chest, you know, throat area over here and that it's it's painted. The medium's like, it's painted, it's etched, it's carved. <laughs> so I'm hearing you say that you're like translator because it's like, I don't know. I'm so interesting. Like what, what they tell you and what you tell us. It's like all of a sudden you speak every language in the world. All of a sudden you're like a United Nations diplomat, you know, like all of a sudden you know how to translate for everyone, no matter like what background or what state of mind, mm-hmm. or like you're, you're a prolific nonviolent communicator. You are, you are that person that's like there mm-hmm. in, in the crossroads of like making anything make sense for the person that's sitting yes. in front of you who you don't know anything about. So then I was, and that's when I started crying because mm-hmm. I was like, wow, now mom yeah. sees my tattoo yeah. of her name. And, and then the other thing that was like really mind blowing yeah. was my mom used to sing this, uh, mm-hmm. this little hymn. Let me see if I can remember. It goes like this, Mãezinha do céu, eu não sei rezar, só sei dizer que eu quero te amar. It goes on and on like that. And my mom used to sing that to me when I was, for all of us, like when we were growing up as kids, but then also later in life, we would always just kind of like sing that to each other when it was like a, a heightened state or something. And then the medium is trying to tell me about this hymn. It's like something about Mother Mary singing and she's singing it to me. So I was like, you know, can you explain that? Like, so they show you stuff mm-hmm. and, they, and then all of a sudden you got to like know how to translate it, right? It is wild, saw. And I think, again, no one talks about this. It's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, it happens. It's like, it is, it's work. W-E-R-K, work, it's work, right? I'm trying to figure out the translation, right? Sometimes it's really clear and other times you really, and what's wild is that I, I'm at the point where they'll show Show me something that I see and know, but then I know is different for someone else. So then I'll tell the person what they would understand. And that is a trip, right? So my mind's showing this whole thing. And I'm not saying all of it. I'm only saying what needs to be said, even though I got shown something different. And even though the person interprets it different, like, like what is happening? I don't know. Right. But that's part of it is that even people who speak different languages have been able to communicate. I can hear the language. I don't understand the language, but behind every language is energy. So I can feel the energy of what they're saying. So sometimes I'll get the images in my head and they'll be like, oh, uh," it's almost like what they have to do is they're using their frequency and they're coming into my frequency. And then they're kind of using all of my 35 years of knowing of knowledge of experiences of moments of memories and picking together how they are going to construct to translate to me. Yes. (laughs) 
And so it's like a collaboration beyond collaboration. Wow. Right? You are so brilliant. <laughs> that was like such a beautiful way. Sorry. No, yes. <laughs> I totally cut you off. Please say no, that again. Not. I was just saying that. Wow. That was such a beautiful way to put yes. it. Yes. So it's really a co-collaboration of their pulling in. I mean, it's taken, it's taken me a while to have articulation around it, really, to describe it. Because I could literally sit here and just be like in awe. <laughs> and not be able to put words to it. But because of what I do, it's important, they say, to put words to it and for people to understand it so that they know that energy is coming through and they're really drawing upon it. And if I don't have an experience of it, they'll play a charade. So it'll be like uh, maybe um, – this is interesting. Like when someone dies or how they died, they tend to – sometimes I'll get the images, which are very difficult sometimes. I don't always have – beautiful readings. Sometimes they're tragic readings, right? Um, I read everyone and no one, I don't judge anyone or anything. So uh, sometimes it's very tragic what I see, but also then they'll use my body to feel. So I'll actually feel with the manipulation of energetics, what they died of and how they died in my physical body as if I am dying like they died. Um, At first that used to terrify me. I got really panicked and shut down right? And then my guide said, it's okay. Uh, what we're doing is letting you feel so you can articulate. When you articulate, the energy comes out of your mouth and the energy is released and you won't feel it anymore. And so that kept happening each time I would read someone and be like, oh, there's so many ways to communicate. There's the images, there's the feelings, <laughs> there's the sensation, there's the hearing. Sometimes I hear a sound or voices. Um, and it all oscillates depending upon the spirit and depending upon what they have learned or what they're able to do on the other side. Some spirits kind of know. I find the more creative they are in the physical, the more creative they are in the non-physical and it's very easy for them to go in and out in and out um and for others who maybe didn't have that it takes a little bit of a learning on the other side to come through and be like sometimes they'll go ash i don't know how to do this can you help me i'm like yeah sure and so we'll try to work together to allow whatever it is they want to get through to translate um so in that way like sometimes it's clear and other times mm. you know i'm really uh using every capacity of my brain my body everything is online trying to figure out what they want to get across. I just have to say right now, um, I got to tell you this right now, but this hummingbird keeps coming to me and I don't know what this hummingbird is about, but it keeps like flying around you. I get this, like this beautiful hummingbird. Stop. Do you understand? No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. This is like way too much. Okay, literally no. I, I gotta no. tell you, oh, I gotta no. tell you saw, this hummingbird was actually with me last night at my bed. This hummingbird came to my bed and said to, to mention this today. And I was like, what? I don't know what this hummingbird is about. And then right now I'm feeling a lot of intensity close to me, which just means the spirit is close to me and the energy is getting really high. And the hummingbird again is coming close, like right here. So I just want to bring that in. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> that's my mom it's my mama the hummingbird is is you know the it was i mean this is like a much longer conversation uh, for us to have but um i just want to name it and emphasize and and just um that it's it's my mom saying hey girl yeah hey honey yeah you know, that's that's really what it is. It's like the hummingbird comes to our our patio here and yeah. 
and uh, lately the the raven has been showing up for me like yeah. hovering over me yeah. and it's interesting because like in the buddhist uh doctrine and some of the canonical sort of scriptures and things there isn't so much about like animal communication yes. and 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 connection to nature yes. and it's 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 because it's out of context because it, when the buddha was living yes. and 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 becoming realized nature was a was it was literally part of yes. it. It was like a no-brainer. It wasn't like, oh, in, in, like for us that we need to remember. We are nature. <laughs> we're part of nature. Da, da, yes. da. Animals are connecting to us. We're connected to them. Like now we need to be told all this shit. But back then it was just like, you know, it wasn't something that we needed to talk about. It was just like, duh. So I had to kind of go through this process of like, hmm. It's not because the literature that I'm studying, the lineage that I practice in doesn't have anything to say about it. It's not, it doesn't mean that animals are not yeah. uh, spirit animals. It's not doesn't mean that that I'm not having communication from the unseen yeah. world in a form of animals. It doesn't mean that these things are not real because it's not in the literature. No, it means that these things were real in such a yes. deep, profound, prophetic, embedded, second nature kind of way mm-hmm. that they didn't feel the need to say it. But so I had this whole moment of like, oh, yeah. no, I know deep inside of me that my mom is communicating with me through all these different ways. And the hummingbird is one of the symbols. It's one of the tokens. It's one of the ways that she's like, hey, I'm here. You know, so yeah. thank you, Ash. Like, wow, that's that's yeah. why I was like, no, 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 no. Because I was just like, okay, you're literally going there right now. I mean, Amen, yeah, I, mean. I just oh, ha- I had to just bring that one you. piece in. You know, her presence is so strong around you. It's hard to focus uh, with you in this time, I'm going to be honest, because she is so present and she's being very polite. Like, she's like allowing, like, us to like to have this time, but I can also just feel her intensely. So she, she was like nudging, you just got to bring in the hummingbird, just bring in the hummingbird, please. I'm like, okay. So I'll bring it in. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for receiving that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, thank you for that. This is one of our little, it's so interesting. Like, wow, this is one of our like little inside jokes, you know, no, like maybe a couple other people know about the hummingbird as my mom. And now you are part of that. That inner circle, you know, it's so wild. Listen, I, mom, I love you. And, 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 and like, okay, I, it's like, do we, do I just let her yeah. off? Like, do I let, no, my God. Like, do you have a, does mom have a message for, for me right now? Do we open that door? Like up to you, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm and. Yeah. And then I know this is work for you. So like, we don't have to do that at all. You know, let the hummingbird come to me. Let my prayers, let the whispers, let the silence, like be the way I communicate with my mom, you know? So I just want to open that door either there or we could just, I mean, once you you open me, focus on the death walking piece, which we didn't touch on very much yet. (laughs) I know. Um, Okay. Well, okay. So you're you're already talking to her. So (laughs) yeah, it's up to you, but I, 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 she's here. Um, and her presence is really strong. And I think one of the things that feels important for her to let you know is how proud she is of you. And that feels really, really important. Um, I can see her like, she's like holding her hands in a way that's just like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you and really wanting you to feel that at the same time in the midst of the immense grief that you are feeling in the loss of her. 
So it feels like important that you know that, that she's very much like still celebrating you. And I'm going to say championing you. She's doing this thing where she's like, her hands are in the air and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know your mom, but there's like a lot, there's like, dancing like she's like yeah like yes yes get it like there's this energy that she has and very much all that you have done and all that you're going into right now um in in the midst of also grief too you know she shows me she very much being in those moments that no one knows about and we're not going to talk about it here right but those moments on your own in the depths of your despair in the depths of those feelings she's with you She's very much with you. And she wants you to know that, that you're not alone in that. And she hasn't gone anywhere. In fact, she's very close to you in this moment. This doesn't always happen for spirits, but she's very close to you right now for a reason. And it feels important. I call this like the gift, right? When spirits kind of want to linger and be close to us, It's a way of comforting us in our time of loss, in that time of transition. And so your mom is actually not very far. There's times where spirits will come and they'll be very far at first. They'll kind of need to go acclimate all these things. But your mom is very close. She will do that, but she's very close right now and wanting to be with you. And it's important to be with you right now. Do you understand that, Sal? There's a lot. um, I don't know what this is, but she just handed you flowers. I feel like she just handed you these beautiful flowers. Um, And uh, she's handing you these flowers. I feel like it's like a bouquet. It's like this beautiful pink, red bouquet color. I don't know what this is, but she makes me feel like these these, the brightness of these colors. I don't know what's red. I don't know. She keeps circling back to the red, the red, the red, the red, but these beautiful red, like pink colors, like fuchsia or something. Um, and this way of offering it to you in this time. Do you understand that? Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. There's something also that you haven't talked about yet, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it up here. But there's something about going into this next level that you're going into, and this opportunity is what I'm gonna say that is coming. Um, that is very larger than life. I'm gonna say it's very big, um, and she makes me feel like she's very much uh, supporting you to go forward with this. And to not worry about how you're going to be, or can I do this, or do I have capacity, or I'm in a process right now, I don't know, but that she's going to guide you through the entire thing, and that you don't have to worry. Do you understand this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because it feels very much tied to the work Mm -hmm. you're doing and the elevation of it, (laughs) taking it to like a huge platform, a huge, like even bigger. It's like, whoa, like really putting yourself out there in a bigger way. And she wants you to know in case you feel those moments of like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could do this right now. Maybe I should wait. Maybe it's not the time. There's something really calling you forward actually within the grief that you're carrying with her loss. That is actually a huge part of what it is to step forward with this right now. Wow. That is literally the thing that kind of, you know, looms in the background, you know, with doing these TV things and 
and these it's it's so wild um i'm like oh my god it's so much work mm. to have popularity and then be um torn, you know like to just be like offer yourself it's, it's so vulnerable you know and i'm already so vulnerable with the uh, with the in in the audience that i have but taking it to this like larger level so she's speaking to something that um only she really does know maybe like my partner my sister um maybe and now you <laughs> and now all the listeners know you know this real deep vulnerable place yeah. that i'm in with like wow it's like do we go to that super next level because the opportunities are knocking at the door so many times and now and i and i keep saying I'm like, mm, no, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I and then, and then I do it and I'm like, oh my God, why did I do it? Oh my God, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to have, I don't want to like be on a public eye. I don't. So you're speaking to something. Mom is speaking through you about yeah. something that is very big for me. Yeah. So so thank you for thank you for naming that she's with me throughout the whole process. And thank you for um just reminding me that she is with me and and it's weird because like I do feel her presence you know and mm-hmm. it's so weird it's almost like she's in the bathroom yes. you know she's just like right here in my apartment in the bathroom where like you know she's not like yeah. yep you know in the unseen yeah. world in the spirit world and you know so so thank you for yeah. that wow she just wants to close for this moment she feels like there will be more opportunities to connect more in this way but for this moment she says she just really enjoys dancing with you and feeling uh her spirit move through you as you dance yeah. and in your tears as you dance she says i'm so close to mm. you in those moments wow yeah. she says thank you for dancing with me still i know Especially because every time I dance, every time I dance in the somatic activated, when we're doing that practice, somatic activated healing method practice, it always leads to like crying. And it's always like, I miss you, mom. I miss dancing with you. I miss our, you know, I miss, I miss all of it so deeply it's it's so disorienting to like continue to live without having that physical uh touch and and the smells and the care and the and the intimacy that i had with my mom you know it's so wild that like okay you gotta now you gotta keep on living and that's something that we didn't get a chance to talk about but that's the really disorienting part and maybe we could just spend some time talking about this it's like we have a culture that does not grieve. We have a culture that does not look at death, and and it it it, it perpetuates like mm-hmm. something so like unnatural, and it perpetuates this this it perpetuates the capitalistic agenda. It perpetuates this production and consumption over like over like beingness and 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 i mean there's so much to say about this and it's like you know essentially what i'm what i'm getting at it's like avoiding death we think that by buying another pair of shoes or by buying Mm. another this or Mm. buying another that it's going to fulfill the 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 it's going to like scare away the death it's going to like 
you know, uh, seduce away the the Lord of death. It's going to like, you know, um, buy us some more time. Every time we buy something else, every time we produce something else, every time we do something else, it's going to like scare away the Lord of death. And we bought ourselves some more time. Am I making sense? You know, completely and wholly. Yes. Yes. (sighs) I think what you're speaking to, uh, saw is like this crux that I constantly live in and that I teach others to be in, right? Because there's this way of, you know, and I, and we can, we can buy all the things and get all the things, get opportunities, we get, da, 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 da. we get to the top, ah, it's all there. And then we feel like, what is missed? Like, what is happening here? Why do I feel like, what is the thing? Right. And what I am curious about always is where the grief and that praise mix, you know, as Martine Practel says, how do they mix how do they come together? So let me tell you something right now. I am about to go into surgery tomorrow, right? I am about to go into huge surgery with an unknown thing that might be found. So I decided to be in this connection with you because you give me life. You remind me aliveness. You bring me back into my body and my spirit. You are a gift to me and to so many, right? And then at the same time, I don't know what's on the other side of tomorrow. I don't know how that will go. I don't know what I will hear, what I will receive, and what the results are. And I hold both. Because if this is the height right here, I'm good. I'm so grateful. Right? And I say that with grief. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. I love it here. (laughs) I truly do. But I'm not in control of that. Right? So what is it to meet every moment? Our culture is not, we don't have that skill, Holmes, to meet every moment as if, hey, I'm going to love you from here. I'm going to be with you from here. That even in that moment of hardness or challenge or difficulty, I'm going to find that, that where that praise meets that grief, that crux. Right? And I'm just going to settle in that. There's nothing to do actually in that, but be with that. But that's, that's the place, right? That's the place where the culture is like, <laughs> nope, we're going to buy, buy, buy. Then we're going to distract, distract. We're going to get on social media. We're going to, and all that does is like takes us back out of our bodies and out of the response of just what it is to be moment to moment. We're not guaranteed anything. You know that we know that. Right? So how do we actually live and embody that? You know, my friends and family are like, oh, Ash is going to cry again. And they're going to say like, they're about to die. But that's, I don't know. I don't know what's on the other side of that. Right. But I don't allow that to be a fear. I allow that to just guide. Okay. And this too, and this too, I welcome this. And you better believe if I get a diagnosis down the road, I'm going to have you know, the party, I'm going to do the same thing I did with my illness, right? I had the sparkly cane. I had the wheelchair with the stickers. I had the vibrators and the woo. I had a part. I made it the best I could. I made it the best I could, right? That's it. Yeah. So it's like what you're speaking to is being with the gray, being with the void, and when we lose someone close to us, like you have, that void gets even bigger. Like we can get broken open into that void. You know, those questions can come. What am I doing? What am I, ha- what's happening? Like all these things start to come up and some make sense and some don't make sense no more. And that is actually the gift of death. That is the gift of it. 
right? That is what we can leave behind for others to then unfold and grow into in our death. That is the possibility of a culture that is well in death care. I mean, we need to have you for part two immediately <laughs> to just go into death care. That you, you, you're so poetic in your delivery, Ash. I'm like, oh my goodness! Thank God, Goddess, all Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, ah, for you, for living, for you know, touching it and and not being afraid. And thank you for that. One thing I just want to briefly mention. Yeah. Um, hear you talk about briefly it's we think that being with someone during death or dying we have to have the right words we have to know the right things to do can you just briefly speak to that because i think it's something that i've learned through being in hospitals with my mom and being by her side and and then with you know um the next layer of my work is to step more and more into the space of like bedside care and changing the hospital system um, to have, you know, people like you uh, training the nurses and the doctors and like, what is it? Like, how are we doing it wrong? And what can we do to make this process um, just less like traumatizing than it, than it needs to be? You know, so yeah. Can you speak to yeah, this? Yeah, so bit? much here, Sal. I'll try to keep it short. I could go on with you for <laughs> for hours. Um, yeah. So that's such a beautiful question, and I think because I've been in the position as the patient for so long, um, I got to see the sickness of the medical care system, the ugly. I got, uh, you know, to see all the skeletons in the closet. Right. I got treated as a drug addict. At first, I got treated um, in ways that I, I was undescribable to me, uh, that I was lying about my pain, um, that I was making things up. And, you know, I was eventually diagnosed with POTS, with, which is a dysautonomia uh, system disorder. I was diagnosed with fibroids the size of lemons in my uterus that were pushing on my internal organs and causing them to, to not function. Yes, right? And then I was uh, also... Um, diagnosed with precancerous polyps in my colon. And all of the time I had to fight, like fight and be, I'm going to say not very nice to get what I wanted. Right. And then after it was like, Oh, we didn't know. Right. So there's a lot. It's called advocacy. Yes. It's called advocating yes. for your well Yes. And we yeah. shouldn't have to fight that hard, especially when we're hanging on by a very thin thread that is not okay. That's also why I was so passionate about helping people at the end of their life and really say, hey, you've got choices. I'm going to help you find them, right? You don't have to keep doing this if this doesn't work for you. There's other ways. And also the way you're treated right now, no, not okay, right? So there's a lot there, right? And there's a lot in the sickness. And we think about the systems. We think about white supremacy. We think of the you know, the, the whiteness of being cut off from the neck down. And usually those who are cut off from the neck down are doctors, <laughs> oddly enough, right? And those people are operating from here, which we need this. This is beautiful. We need the brain, but we also need the body and we need the spirit. And so in those interactions, it was just seeing a body and symptoms and that's it, right? And so much is missing 
in the death care process and even talking about it. I had doctors who didn't even know how to talk about it, right? Didn't know how to give options, didn't know how to be with me, right? And I learned from their mistakes how to be with people who are dying because that's how I was with myself. And now when I'm with people and I'm walking them through, I work with clients who are terminally ill, which means they've got a diagnosis in a set amount of time. Um, And really, I work with people who are also dying naturally, which I call living. (laughs) There's no separation for me. It's just a process, right? And one has a time limit, we know, and one does not. (laughs) So in that way, when I'm working with someone who's gotten the diagnosis, what I find is that people around them treat them as fragile, Treat them as, we don't know what to do with you. We don't know how to talk with you. Uh, I don't know what to say. And what I go is I go right into their heart. I say, how does it feel to die? How does it feel to die today? And they go, I'm so glad you asked me that. You know? And then I say, where's your grief today? Where's your grief today? How does it feel to be in this process? And they say, I feel really alone you know, or I feel numb. I don't want to really feel anything right now or whatever it is. But I find actually intimacy with the death process is actually what's yearning, what people are longing for is, can you be with me in this? Can you see me? Can you acknowledge? I see that you're not well. I can tell by your body, by your skin, by your energy and not in a way that's judgmental, but in a way that's like, I see what's happening here because that was me and no one would see me. I had people in my family who would say, ah, you're fine. Ah, stop talking about that. Ugh. Can you talk about something else? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm dying here, but no, no problem. <laughs> sorry. It's inconvenient for you. Right? Because it was triggering their own death. It was triggering their own fears and their own spaces where they had not done the work themselves in that area, right? So what I'm passionate about is really bringing intimacy, ritual, slowing down, being with, listening. So much of death care is just listening, letting people share. And when when they start to share also comes up the trauma that they've experienced, right? Also comes up the pain, the regret, the the people that they haven't forgiven or want to forgive or all these things start to emerge. And that becomes the work. That becomes where we start going into these places, these dark shadows that for so long have have kept, you know, hidden, right? But they wake us up at 3 a.m. or they give us a panic attack or they make us want to eat or whatever it is, right? Coming through the body. So that is what death care could be. And I, I really, my vision, maybe I will be dead, I don't know, but the vision is to be in the hospital and have the doctor, right? The doula, right? The death walker, right? The, the energy person, all of us coming together to ask different questions and to treat different aspects of the multidimensional self. I don't know if I answered your question. I went all over there. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You answered so much. The only thing with us is that we can just carry on forever and ever and ever. But I have to like say thank you. And I want to like, you know, 
oh my God, I'm just, I have, I have, I'm getting a whole vision. So more, more, more to be continued. Yes. You know, uh, I just, everything you just shared, I'm in that space too. I want to be a little piece to that puzzle as well. Cause I see it, um, so clearly too. So, well, Ash, mm. Kenty, thank you so much for coming on the show. I knew it was going to be deep. I knew I needed to like, you know, eat a sandwich to ground my fucking ass right now before coming to talk to you. I've had such a wild day already that I was like, oh shit. And thank you. Thank you, mom. Yeah. You know, I know you're listening for, for giving me these exact words that I needed. And thank you, Ash, for being the conduit. And um, wow. Thank you very much for being on the show. Truly. Thank you so much, Sal. This was such an honor and such a privilege and to meet your mom, to have this experience and to get to have, be in conversation with you. It's just phenomenal. Dream come true. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And to everyone listening, I love you very much. Mm. And I'm so grateful that you're here and truly so thankful when, you know, a little logistical thing, uh, you know, coming out of this like super deep, movement that took place inside of us today please rate and review and subscribe to the show we really need your support to make the not make but continue the success of the show so we love you for that thank you so much and new episodes every tuesday and we love you so so much and find out all the things about ash Kenty in the show notes and you know give yourself the opportunity of, of working with ash closely if you know, if their schedule allows, but hey, ah, bless. <laughs>